Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon. Ready for some NBA basketball? Last night wasn't enough for you? Well, you're in luck because there's another game coming up. In three hours, we're going to talk about all of this and more with Jerry Reynolds right here on If You Don't Like That. Three, two, one, go. Sacramento missed you. Carter, stolen by Williams. And look at this. You don't like that. You don't like NBA basketball. An ESPN highlight right there. Whoa. Carlson comes in. How about this? Holy moly, Jim Bob Bowley. That is a major league smush. Uh, holy moly, Jim Bob Bowley, Jerry Reynolds. You know what? An ugly win is better than an ugly loss. And that's what we saw last night from the Sacramento Kings. Sure did. I mean, obviously, the first half was about as poorly played as the Kings could play. Uh, you know, I, I I thought the effort was pretty good. I mean, when yep. you're missing shots, people th- tend to think you're not really trying. But, I mean, it, it, the game gets harder. And, you know, we talked about it at halftime where the rebounding was bad. Well, partly there wasn't any rebounds to get because they're getting scored on all the time. And, but that got better. And uh, But, yeah, I thought uh, it's a case where the, the Kings just – just to their credit, just kept battling. You know, we talked about, again, at halftime, they, they cut into the lead right before the half, had a little more, little bit of momentum, then they cut into it a little more after the half. And then, and then you know, in the NBA, you got a game. If you're 12-14, that, that means almost nothing in the NBA. And certainly we've yep. seen the Kings lose those kind of leads. And uh, fortunately, it was the the Warriors and I thought they they did a nice gag job down the stretch. Couldn't yeah. <laughs> couldn't happen to a more deserving bunch. I think you make a very good point about missing shots. Missing shots doesn't mean you're playing poorly. All right, it's it's part of the game. But uh, you know, I don't think that you can just erase what you saw last night from Sacramento. The fact is, they were not competitive at all in the first half, and what to this point was arguably the biggest game of the year. And they really took advantage of some horrible Golden State basketball, which you don't see very often. And they also, you know, were the benefactor of the head case on the other team, really, in my opinion, changing the momentum of the game around. And I'm talking about Draymond Green. 
listen, Jerry, privately, Steve Kerr's got to be wondering what the hell he can do with this guy. Seriously. Oh, I, I think so. I mean, I was surprised they re-signed him to a three-year deal. You know, I mean, they uh, he is who he is. He hasn't been the same level of player for quite no. some time. And, uh, you know, now it's a case of, well, we, you know, yeah, I, I think they, but they've created that monster. Yes, they have. So to speak. So, yeah. you know, that's, they, they made the bed, they get a lay in it, you know. and But, uh, yeah, the momentum clearly changed then uh, on that deal. And then, of course, I thought, you know, Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches ever, but he really made some mistakes. You know, the challenge uh, was it clearly a Curry stuck his leg out there. And, yes. And, uh, you know, and they had to know that. I think it's a case where he called it just to, to kind of mollify, satisfy Curry. And as a coach, you can't do that. You know, in other words, if you know that's not a good challenge, you can't just have challenges because the player, whether it's your star or whoever is calling for it. And, and, and it cost them a timeout late, which, uh, you know, with seven seconds to go, uh, you wouldn't want to, you know, if you're Golden State, you'd like to be taking that ball out on the sideline. Yeah, and, and give Curry another couple of seconds to operate. And uh, you know, so, yeah, you're right. Uh, I I totally agree. Uh, you're one one hundred percent correct. You know, you made an interesting comment, and I haven't really given us a lot of thought until I was just listening to you about the Warriors created this. And I'm going to go a step further. I think the league has created this, and by the league, I'm talking about the extended arms of the league, TNT who gives Draymond Green a multi-year contract to come on the air and basically say whatever he wants. His podcast, which people glorify and talk about, social media. And there, there's no lid. There's no barrier anymore. And Draymond, who gets suspended almost as often as you and I do shows, gets glorified on TNT. You know, they joke about it a lot, although Kenny Smith was very critical of him the other night. But the point is, he's being rewarded for this type of behavior. And that that's the biggest problem I see with this. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, the internet thing, YouTube and all, where, where you get a lot of clicks for doing something ridiculous, Instagrams yes. and, you know, so-called influencer. I mean, it's you're rewarded for bad behavior. Sure. And, and that's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, too, I mean, people will say, well, geez, you can't suspend him for this or that. And he says, you know, and he made the statement, well, they're suspending me for five games because of past behavior. Well, yes, that's exactly right. They should. <laughs> I mean, if it's like yeah. in the criminal justice system, at some point you keep breaking laws, you, you're probably going to yeah. have to go to jail. I mean, in today's uh, time, it may not for a long time, but uh, sooner or later you will. Jerry Keegan Murray is out again tonight, and I'm just wondering if his injury might be a little bit more serious than, than we're being led to believe. But uh, the Kings have actually, you know, they've done okay. And I think having Trey Lyles back has been an, uh, a lifesaver. I don't think the Kings would have won the last two games without Trey Lyles. Oh, not at all. I mean, Trey's, uh, you know, since day one to coming back, it's amazing how well he played you know, in, in the first game, and he's been consistently good since. And, uh, you know, certainly offensively and on the boards, he's probably playing better than Keegan was. Yes. And then it, then it's opened up some offensive opportunities for Harrison Barnes as well. So I, I think, the you know, Lyles has really made 
the loss of Keegan for a while uh, doable, you know, and uh, certainly, uh, and then to Mike Brown, uh, Coach Brown's credit, I mean, he's utilized his role players extremely well, you know, kind of like last night's game, you know, he sticks Vesenkov in there who hadn't played and, and really was a really a difference maker. And uh, even Keon Ellis played a little bit, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, I just, I just think he, he's done a remarkable job. I think, uh, you know, it's one of those deals that if you said somebody got to coach somebody, which is always hard, but I, I clearly think Mike Brown was not just the winning coach, but he, he really made the most good moves of anybody. Boy, what a tough turnaround, an emotional game come from behind Fox played 40 minutes, you know, a lot of, a lot of emotions uh, wrapped into that game last night. And now you have a team limping in. And when I mean limping in, I don't mean physically, although it could be when you see those guys on the floor, but the, the, the Clippers are in a position where they're, they're pretty close to being irrelevant in the West. This is a big game for the Clippers tonight. This is desperate times for Clippers, yep. no question. And it's what scares me for the Kings is because this is a bunch of really talented guys who have played poorly together and as a team, you know, lost a lot of games and they've come off their worst game. Yes. You know, just a terribly embarrassing last outing and they're, and they're a rested team. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, and the Kings obviously come off a huge emotional win. And, 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 and as you pointed out, I mean, there's going to be some tired buckaroos here to, tonight. So, Coach Brown, fortunately, he's got a good deep bench. He's going to have to use it. Yep. You know, the, I think this game's going to show, tell me personally a lot about the Clippers. All right. And the reason why I say that, I look at the standings right now. They're seven and nine. They've lost six of 10, and they're not even in the top 10 in the West. And if you're the Clippers, all right, and you know you're taking on a good team, but you could not ask for a better situation than you have right now. As you said, you're rested. The team you're playing played the night before in a game that a lot of the players played a lot of minutes. If the Clippers don't win tonight, that would be a real big red flag for me if I'm if I'm a Clipper fan. Oh, I think it really, uh, if and if you're Steve Ballmer and, uh, you know, the, the owner of that team right now, you're saying, wait a minute, all of our guys have been healthy. Uh, yeah. That was – we're supposed to be a championship team. If the guys are healthy, well, they've been healthy and here we are still struggling. Uh, I'd have to think, uh, you know, honestly, there's probably some jobs on the line here if they don't get it turned around quite quickly. Uh, Harrison Barnes is a guy that uh, has been criticized a lot. And I, I think it's been justifiable at times, particularly this year, he opened up the season in Utah with an incredible game. And then there were too many games where, I'm like, wait a minute, did Harrison Barnes even play tonight? I think he's played, you know, pretty well the last few games. Nobody's really talking about. Yeah, I do too. Well, I mean, you know, he's extremely productive. I've always said that's one of those things that uh, he doesn't always put up big numbers, but he but he's never unproductive. If he takes five shots, he's going to make eight points. If he takes, I mean, and so without Keegan, we're seeing him step up his offense. Now, it's certainly needed. But I credit him for stepping up. But also, I think part of it is the team is looking for him more. Obviously, no Murray available. And and so he's playing more minutes. And, to, you know, and so he's doing what he does. I, I think that's always been his weakness. He's a better player, I think, than he thinks he is. You know, kind of blends into the, you know, kind of blend into to just to get along, go along kind of guy 
when he's clearly a better player than that. And so, uh, but that's, that's, that's kind of who he is. I mean, he's kind of like Sabonis in that sense in that he is too unselfish. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a lot better to have guys too unselfish than the other way. We're getting to a point of the season now where a lot of the teams have played 16, 17, 18, you know, 19 games. I always like to use 20 games as, you know, not not etched in stone, but I, I like to watch a team play 20 games before I make too many observations about what they need, what they don't need. With that said, I, I, I've said this and I'm going to keep on saying this. I still think Sacramento needs to try and again, try to find a different backup point guard if this team's going to get to that level. I, I, I like everything else. I'm not saying everything else is perfect, but I still see that as an area of concern. Do you do you see it the same way? Well, I do, unless you're going to really use Monk in that role more. I mean, you know, I mean, he clearly can do it. and he. But then you don't have, um, you know, maybe, you know, Monk playing the same way. You know, I mean, I, I just think Malik Monk's one of those guys. He's the third best player on this team. And, uh, you know, instead of uh, looking at him in terms of just a six-man or 25-minute guy, he should be a 32 to 35-minute player. Wow, really? And, and, oh, my goodness. Who's better than he is other than Fox and Savonis? I There's mean, just you know, way too – you know, to me about Monk, and I'm, I'm not, I don't disagree with what you're saying – but we talk about inconsistency. There are so many games where he just, you know, I guess I'll say it this way. It just seems to me when he's not making his three ball, it's like, tell me, tell the fans what else you like about him on nights when he's not making his shots. He he can make plays. You know, he his assist rate rate is good. He's a, a pretty tough defender. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I just think that he's like a lot of guys, the more minutes he plays, the better he plays. You know, and and so in my mind is the more the old saying is that get your best players on the floor as much yep. as possible. Well, he's one of the best players. There's no doubt about that. And uh, so, and can he play play the point guard? Well, he pretty much does when Fox isn't on the floor, and and they play pretty well together. They both can can handle it. So, yeah, but but it doesn't change what you said. I mean, I th- I think there is a need for that still that position you know it happens i i think i think monk could do it but if i were monty mcnair i might think in terms of what can i do to maybe bring somebody else in that would be more of a a true natural backup point before we bring ryan in sacktown in i wanted to ask you about the critical possession last night that the warriors had where Draymond Green threw the ball out of bounds. I mean, in that situation, if you're the Warriors, to me, that's the last guy I want having the ball. But I give Mike Brown and the Kings a lot of credit when they ran an extra defender at Curry, and he saw the double coming and threw to the open man. But, I mean, in that situation for Green, I mean, that's one of the worst plays I've seen a player make. That wasn't even close. I mean, Clay Thompson had clearly already indicated what he was doing, and Draymond Green still almost had in his mind, made up his decision that that's where he was going to throw the ball no matter what. It's just a horrible play by Draymond Green. Yeah, it really was. And, I mean, I think it's one of those things where he really, like you said, I mean, it's pretty clear that Clay had made his move out and uh, Draymond thought he was going back door or should have. And, uh, of course, just a, a terrible play. But, but 
even it, you know, with all that, I mean, that's the thing about the the Warriors has been they they turn the ball over. Yes, they, they do. I mean, unforced. They turn the ball over as a team and and unforced, unforced, and, and it's as Steve Kerr said. I mean, you know, they, which he's right. He knows his team. They they foul too much. They clearly do, and they turn the ball over too much. Yeah. Well, those that those are things that doesn't lead to consistent winning. And uh, as opposed to give Kings credit, generally speaking, they take care of the ball, even though they play yes, at a fast pace and uh, have a nice assist to turnover ratio. And, and so that, you know, that's just the way it is. And of course, last night they got plenty of foul shots, but they couldn't make them, which is, you know, they're lucky to win by uh, being so poor at the line. Ryan in Sacktown uh, joins us. Ryan, good to have you on the program. Before uh, you came on at the beginning of the show, I said to Jerry, hey, an ugly win is better than an ugly loss, right? Yeah, the Kings will take it, especially on their home court. So uh, it's good to get that Warriors uh, win off their backs. That, one, that one's been in their heads and the fan base's head, too. All right, you got the pregame coming up at uh, 630. How do you see this matchup tonight with the Clippers? Jerry and I went over it a little bit. Going to be interesting to see which Kings team shows up tonight after the emotion of last evening. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers arrested. They were in Sacramento last night watching this game. So um, I, I think if the Kings bring energy and they take care of the ball, the Clippers are the fifth defensive rated team. They have the fifth best defense rating in the NBA. And they're first in steals per game, which means they're long. They get deflections. So this is where the Kings, to take Jerry's words, have to love the leather. But um, the front line has to bring it because that's where the power for the uh, Clippers is going to be at tonight. Jerry, you know, we talk about the Clippers, and I'm just wondering, when you look at that talent, that's one thing, but there's also a lot of egos on that team. I, that can't be the easiest group to coach, correct? No, I think it'd be very difficult, you know, And uh, to, to Ryan's point. I think one thing they do have going for them, you know, they've got three individual defenders that are terrific, you know, in Westbrook and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, big time top-of-the-line defenders, and, and that part you can almost count on. I, I, their problems all seem to be, to me, what little I've watched them, is they just have no offensive flow. You know, it's a, kind of a take-turns kind of kind of play, uh, kind of like uh, Kyrie and Luca looked like last year. They don't look like that this year. You know, but, uh, so, so it's going to be interesting, but, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it just hadn't all clicked in yet, that's for sure. Well, Jerry, remember, it's uh, it's not the system that James Harden needs to fit into. It's the James Harden system that they run in L.A. <laughs> Although, I, I, hey, I think you're right. I think they are running. The, James yes. is the system, and that he is the a system. lot of the problem. <laughs> Here's an interesting question from Sam. Uh, we'll start with you first, Ryan, and then we'll get to Jerry. Ryan, if there were one player – from the early 2000s team that you could put on the current Kings team, who would it be or who would fit in the best? Oh, man, this is a great question. Uh, two names come to mind. They're both bench players, Bobby Jackson and Scott Pollard. Um, I, I think those two positions would be so valuable in this style of play that the Kings like to play in in this NBA as well. And I know a lot of people like to say Malik is kind of a little bit of a Bobby Jackson, but Malik, uh, Bobby was a two-way player. He did it on both ends, and I think both of those guys would be huge additions. Jerry? Well, I, I, I'd go with Chris Weber. <laughs> I mean, because I, I think he, you know, he would fit well, well with Sabonis and Sabonis well with him. You know, it's kind of like the, you know, you can see him playing the two high guys 
uh, you know, like Vladi and C Web did, and and so you'd be, you know, talent wise, you'd be getting better. And uh, maybe the second guy, uh, I I might go for Doug Christie with this bunch because of his ability to guard several positions and play and really could play point guard at at times. And so that that'd be my thinking. But I the reason I go with Webb is always uh, hey. Whenever the chance of getting more talent, and he's and he is he's by far the most talented player on that bunch. I would go with Peja Stojakovic because of the way the game is played today. And I think if you had Peja, I think the Kings would be absolutely unguardable, absolutely mm-hmm. unguardable. And um, again, the game is not a Chris Webber game anymore. It's a three-point shooting game. And I understand what you mean about Webb, but I think the game is so different right now. Uh, you win by three and you lose with the three. And uh, for that reason, I'm taking Peja. Well, all good choices. Yeah. yeah, I think they're all good choices. I, I don't disagree with what you said. I, I mean, I, I think the web, you know, the reason I say him is because he gets you 25 points on 15 shots every night. And, and you know, I mean, he just could. And, uh, but I, I wouldn't have a problem either way, you know, and I could say, I, I, if you could only have one and you said you can have Doug Christie with this bunch, I'd say you've improved your team as well. And Bobby Jackson, I mean, you, yeah, any of them. I mean, come on. <laughs> they were all really good. And, uh, and they'd, they'd all find a role. I think, you know, maybe the, the guy that would make the biggest tr- trouble fitting in might be Bibby, you know, just because it's something the guy they've got. Yeah. Very, very true. A couple of the games that uh, Kings fans will be keeping their eye on tonight. Lakers and Pistons are just underway. Uh, the Suns and the Raptors will uh, tip it off here in 20 minutes. That game is in Toronto. Uh, other games, 76ers and the Pelicans in New Orleans, the Nuggets and the Rockets from Denver. Those are the other games uh, in the standings uh, in the West. So, you know, this homestand continues, and tonight is going to be a very – I'll call it a tricky game. Um, I could see this game being ugly. I could see it again going down to the wire. And I, I talked about this on the game last night on the postgame show, Jerry. You mentioned already. These are the type of games where you need your bench. The bench, to me, is going to be critical for Sacramento. No doubt. And, I mean, I think the fact that it was a bench was really a key last night. And, and you know, Coach Brown knows he's going to have to go deep into it. The fact that Vesnikov – Sasha came in there and really had a nice, nice role. I thought, uh, you know, you got a little something from Keon Ellis, Duarte did a little bit, Kessler Edwards. Well, it's that that's kind of what's going to be needed. And, uh, you know, as well as, you know, your starters are your starters. But, but I don't think the Kings win this game unless the bench wins. Yeah. Rhino, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you guys. And I mean, even some of the some of the guys that didn't get big minutes last night off the bench for Sacramento, they'll be ready. It seems like most of the bench guys are typically um, when they don't play a lot in a game. So if they can come in and pick the first unit up and there's not a big drop off, I think that could be one of those big things. Because I think the L.A. Clippers, you can make this team quit. If you get up on them and you get it a little bit later in the game, you can break their will. Yeah. Just a, just one last point on that, too. You know, how enjoyable is it to follow a team like the Kings? They have no drama. Yes. You know, there's no there's no back scenes drama like, you know, with the Warriors or with the Clippers or with about two thirds of the teams in the league. I think maybe other than Denver, I can't think of another team that has 
into less drama. You know, the guys just seem like they're all all on board, uh, whatever role they're asked to do. Yeah, that's another reason why I wouldn't take Chris Webber. I think he would have trouble with De'Aaron Fox being the big star of the team. But, you know. Yeah, well, that's I, a good I, point. That, yeah, that's a good point. I wouldn't argue that. The 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 thing that I love about this team, and I think Sabonis, I've always heard, you know this, Jerry, from talking with Larry Bird. He's not the type of a player that runs in and looks at the box score and, you know, it has to be all about him. He had already been a, a two-time All-Star. And when you have a player, I think, come into your locker room with a young team, which they pretty much were, I, I I like that. And I also tell you, people criticize Harrison Barnes a lot for whatever reason. Jerry, you know this and I know this because we were around him every day. That guy is the glue of that locker room by leading leading by example. First one there, last one to go, getting extra treatment on his body every day, plays every game, doesn't miss games, Jerry. The reason is he takes such good care of himself. And I, I think you make a great point about the locker room and no drama. And th there's a reason for that. And it starts with your vets. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, that's exactly where it starts. And and then when you have vets, you know, like you say, with Harrison, who doesn't miss games, you know, and people always want to replace him with guys who maybe are more talented but miss a lot of games. <laughs> you know, they don't factor that in. Uh, but like with uh, with with Sabonis, you know, I mean, not, not only is he talented, but very unselfish, too yeah. unselfish in my mind. But, but, I mean, his conditioning, his work. I mean, so when a when you're one of your best players is also your toughest guy, your hardest worker, your most unselfish. It's a little hard for you as you're a role player to bitch, moan, and complain yep. and get any kind of an audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. And I think that's a great point. And also you look at teams, usually if you're a young guy coming into the league, you've got a Harrison Barnes that does things the right way. And maybe you got a guy in the locker room that, doesn't always do things the right way and you kind of see which roads you can go down in the Kings locker room. It seems like there's only one choice doing it the right way. I can't think of one player that we've heard stories about that's a detriment to that group. Well, and if you want to do something the right way, uh, when it comes to dining out, you want to go to Bennett's, uh, the West side grill in Rockland at the blue Oaks town center is uh, their third location. They're at Sacramento on how and fair Oaks. They're at Eureka road and lead Hill road in Roseville. And uh, I love this Bennett's restaurant at the Blue Oaks Town Center in Rockland. Prime seafood and steak. Don't forget about the weekend brunch, the weekend prime rib. Happy hours during the week. 60 different types of glass, uh, 60 different types of wine available by the glass. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com. Make a reservation. Check out the menu and more. Bennett's West Side Grill, their newest one in Rockland. Well, the Kings and the Clippers, don't forget Ryan with the pregame show at 6.30, all three of us at halftime, and then the postgame, we will uh, wrap it up. Had a really good audience last night, all combined. We had over 10,000, Ryan, so uh, you know what? When the Kings win, people want to they they be involved. When they lose, yeah. not so much. Yeah, they want to they have fun with us, and we appreciate that. That's right. See, and then, you know, at halftime, we're getting good numbers, and we, we're doing our best to make Jerry very well known in the Sacramento area, you know? Yeah, yeah I, need, I need it. You know, I, I got recognized at the grocery uh, about an hour, a couple hours ago, and so, I mean, that means a lot to me, man. You know, just, yeah. you know, <laughs> I didn't, I, the clerk didn't really give me any uh, any discount, but, uh, you know, he was very nice. Oh. So That's yeah. pretty funny. No most, places have, most places have a Jerry Reynolds discount. That's weird. 
No yeah, discount. Surprising. Yeah, hmm. as I was going to say, you know, he said, yeah, I really, uh, really misses me. He said, uh, you know, Grant a little bit, but me a lot, you know. <laughs> well, he didn't really say that, but I just knew that's what he meant. Well, Jerry and uh, you know, all my other friends always used to come. I don't. I would hope Jerry's a friend uh, would come up to me. They go, you know, the number one question I get about you more than anything is, what's Grant really like? <laughs> yeah, like, well, I'm, like I say, I, 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 I tell them, I said, yeah, you know, he's he's a one of one. There's no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> he's one of you know, one. One of one, and uh, you know, uh, well, I've I've told people, you know, less. I said to me, I said, uh, always told fans, I said, you know, some people like him a lot, and some people don't. But I said to me, he's like coffee; uh, he's an acquired taste, and, and, and once and once you acquire it, uh, you have to have it. And I said, I acquired it a long time ago. So to me, he's black coffee. Uh, <laughs> that that is a really good one right there love it wow unbelievable i met you the first time i met jerry was at a restaurant on northgate boulevard and i walked in and you know bill russell was in there and willis reed was in there and i'm like i don't want to meet jerry reynolds i, I want to <laughs> you know that's willis, that's willis reed one of my idols growing up winning a championship with the knicks yeah yeah, yeah I, that, you know my feelings were really hurt then too because you know i thought you know <laughs> Geez, I'm a bigger deal than Willis Reed and Bill Russell. Goodness. <laughs> they worked for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't know I, I was his assistant there. No, I was, uh, yeah, I understood that because Willis is one of my heroes. And of course, Bill was too. You know, I mean, but yeah. Willis more, more so, you know, just because once you get to know him, and I mean, it's just a salt of the earth kind of guy, uh, just the best. I mean, Russ. I really enjoyed, but he was yeah. different, you know, a little different, eccentric. You know, Ryan, I, I got to tell you, though, to walk into a, a restaurant off Northgate Boulevard, right off the I-80, and walk into a restaurant and have Bill Russell in there, mm. okay, like, and Willis Reed, but Bill obviously was the mountain of mountain. Yeah. I mean, what was... Uh, he, unbelievable for me i mean i, I gotta tell you I, i'll never forget walking in there and i'm like oh my god i can't believe it's like when i covered the 49ers for the first time at the training camp in rockland and you walk onto the field and there's joe montana and there's jerry rice and there's roger craig and there's ronnie lott right and then and then you you go into the room for the coaches press conference and bill walsh walks into the room and sits down and it's just like wow you know what i mean it's it's yeah. it's a yeah. yeah, that's when that's when you know you pick the right occupation, and then you're thinking of yeah. the right questions asked so you don't get kicked out of that occupation. And then Tom Curran, you know, introduced me to this guy named Jerry Reynolds, and I'm like, okay, yeah. hi, how are you? That's where I met Jerry at the Tom yeah, Curran yeah. who did the games before me, nicest guy in the world. So come here, you got to meet this guy. Yeah, 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 he was great, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, great guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, uh, you know, that does bring back a lot of memories. and But, you know, it's like the sports celebrities you meet over the years. There's some that just, you know, have the lasting memory, like you mentioned Willis or Bill. Yep. I mean, the, the special guys. I mean, in, in our business, you run into a lot of yep. name kind of guys. But I always say that probably the biggest uh, thing for me was working. I worked Henry Aaron's camps, sports camps, when I was a oh, wow. coach in, in Georgia. And up in the northern part, and and he'd come in there 
on usually a day it's off once out of the two weeks like one day and so i you know, got, got to meet henry aaron you know and to me it's wow. like wow wow you know, and that's plus he henry was, aaron yeah plus it plus he was so nice you know i mean it's just like he was concerned how everything was going with me and working the camp and everything it's like wow. henry aaron you, you know okay. I, I mean and i was a you know a 30 27 28 year old coach you know but anyway but but yeah those kind of yep. things when you meet when you meet the a great one and they're more than you even anticipated yeah because there's nothing worse than meeting an idol or someone that you've always looked up to when you meet them and they're a jerk right that that's the worst yeah. thing in the world and when I, I never forget when i had dusty baker on my podcast about two years ago you know his first experience was being in a major league clubhouse with henry aaron and he talked about how Aaron shaped his life as a young man uh, in the Deep South during a very volatile time. And Dusty talked about all the, the life experiences that he learned from Henry Aaron. He, he really was a special man. I never had a chance to meet him, but you know, I guess I'll always say this about people like that, Jerry. I, I never heard a bad thing about Henry Aaron from anybody. No, I don't see how you could, but I mean, you know, it's, it's always possible that he didn't, couldn't sign every autograph that <laughs> stuck in front of him. You know how that is. And so they, that's it. But uh, yeah, it was really, you know, remarkable, remarkable. Yeah, you, you like to see all time greats be great people. And, and most are, you know, most are. But like you say, that I've met a few total jerks and I won't name them particularly, but that, uh, you know, we all have yeah and you know over time their jerkdom does get them take care of them yeah yeah all right so guys what do you think tonight uh post game show ryan you think we're talking about a winner or a loss i i think that it's i think we're gonna sweat it out a little bit and gut it out but i think ultimately kings win they, they go back to back i think the clippers are such a mess right now that they're they they obviously jerry can't be a very confident team coming in here now, I don't think they are, and I think that that's you know to if Kings could really jump on them early, as as I think Ryan pointed out, it, you know they they might they might roll over, you know they've got a lot of issues there, yeah. a lot of egos that, so uh, you know you hope the Kings can do that, come down and really put some pressure on them right away, and and but just have to see, but it it'll it'll take a you know when you're playing, it's still a talent league, and they've got a lot of talent, so that, that's always worries yeah. you. Don't let Russ Westbrook remember that he's Wes Westbrook. I mean, right. every time he comes into Golden One Center, it seems like he tries to put on a little bit of a show. So they can well, slow that. One down. thing about him, you know, and you're right. I'll say this for Russ. I, I mean, for all the criticism he's had, that guy plays hard every, every night. night, every play. You know, and I mean, I he respect the heck out of him. He does. You know, I mean, you can say a lot of things, but but that guy brings it every night. All right, one thing I want to get to before we wrap up this show. And Jerry, a guy that I think I, I speak for you that I have an immense amount of respect for that I, I like a lot. I've spent a lot of time with him, and that's Greg Popovich. Uh, I thought he did what he did last week was embarrassing. Uh, I, I don't know how else to say it. You're, you're admonishing your fans because they're booing a player. I, I just couldn't believe that. Yeah, I think I, mean, I admire the heck out of him and, and all, but, but I think he's was going to – you know, kind of above his pay grade there a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I personally don't 
like to, you know, I wouldn't boo players necessarily, but you know, I don't I think would. it bothers. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you have every right, that, that's my point. I mean, I think that Kawhi Leonard himself didn't seem upset by it. No. You know, he expected it. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I think you, you know, if you're a fan that wants to boo guys, you should be able to, you, of course you can boo them. And, yeah. Uh, so. Ryan, what'd you anyway. think of that? I think I'm with Jerry and I'm with you, Grant, on it. But I think Pop is at a point in his career. He just doesn't care. You know, right. he has the relationships that he values. He's very close with Kawhi, um, very instrumental in uh, Kawhi's growth as a star in this league. So I, I just think he doesn't care. It, yeah. It's his relationship. Well over yeah. how he, doesn't. Think. he doesn't. You're right about that. He does not. Jerry, we'll see you at halftime. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope it's a little more cheerful halftime than we had uh, last <laughs> night. But then again, if it turns out the same way, I'll be all right with it. All right. Thanks, all right, Jerry. Guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Good, good stuff from Jerry and good stuff when you need plumbing uh, repairs, you have concerns. New Works Plumbing will be there for you. They've got a fix for you. SacServicePlumbing.com or call the number on your screen. That's New Works Plumbing. Again, available around the clock for your plumbing needs and plumbing repairs. SacServicePlumbing.com. Uh, Rhino, looking forward to uh, the pregame tonight, and then uh, we'll be right back at it at halftime uh, and postgame. You'll take another ugly win, I guess, if you're Sacramento. Right now, just, you know, you're at home. you got to really take advantage of these home games. Yes, indeed, and maybe get some rest. Get up early and uh, take the team out early. But looking forward to the show's names. All right, good stuff there. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, don't forget to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up, hit that like button, and 6.30 right back here, halftime with Jerry and post-game show. Thanks very much. Enjoy the game, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.